Hello and welcome to the first Saturday Sports Show podcast of 2021. I'd like to take this opportunity to wish you all a happy new year and thank you for tuning in to us over 2020. If you like our content and would like to hear more, please consider leaving a review wherever you're listening to this or alternatively hit up our Facebook page, CRCFM Saturday Sport, and please leave five stars. It really helps with us reaching our audience. Thank you very much and on with the show. The June 26th vote in the United Kingdom and Northern Ireland to leave the European Union has finally come into effect a mere five years later. Its impact, well documented on current affairs programmes, but only now being realised upon the Empire's greatest export, the beautiful game of football. To discuss the ramifications of Brexit on the Premier League, League of Ireland and the ensuing January transfer window, I'm joined on the line by CRCFM sport contributor Paul Jordan. Firstly, Paul, what is different about the rules surrounding English clubs buying players from abroad today in 2021 than it was, say, last year? Yeah, thank you very much for having me on, Quivine. Like you said, now that Brexit has taken its full effect and that the UK has completely cut ties with the EU, there is going to be a lot of changes to how Premier League teams, you know, recruit players going forward. Um, I suppose the biggest one is that, you know, no under 18 players can be signed by English teams from overseas, um, which is when you look at the likes of, you know, United, you know, a couple of years ago, they went out and splashed a lot of money on highly talented under 18s the likes of Hannibal Mejbury from AS Monaco you know the likes of him they can't make that signing now the likes of Paul Pogba when he first joined the club couldn't sign Cesc Fabregas couldn't have signed for Arsenal when he was 16 you know players like this you know that made the signings years ago you know they joined their clubs you know at the age of 16 17 Nowadays, that's out the window. And um, I think you're going to see a very big impact on academies going forward. Now, teams have been preparing for this and, you know, have been buying up, you know, under 18 players from overseas. The likes, again, United went, I think, last summer and bought in six players. And the likes of Mark Gerardo from uh, Barcelona, um, who was 16, I believe, at the time. You know, the likes that he joined. um and you know, I mean United aren't the only club you have you have players like or you have uh, clubs sorry like uh, West Ham were doing it Chelsea the winners of the FA Youth Cup um, for what six times in the last nine years you know they signed the likes of Alex, Alexi Hino um, Sammy Clemanchi Edwin Anderson you know all these 16, 17 year olds you know have been very quietly coming into the UK over the last year or so in preparation for this rule. Um, one of the other big changes as well is that in terms of under-21s, a team can only sign three of those per window and a max of six per year. Um, so that's going to be uh, interesting in that, you know, you can have, you can still buy in young players, but they need to... Um, you know, clubs need to, you know, space them out now. Um, there isn't the same, you, you can't go in and, I suppose, do what Chelsea have done in, in stockpile youth, you know, bring in five or six under 21 players a window, loan them back out to clubs and let them, you know, mature and develop there. You can only buy in a max of three and 
that is going to be for some clubs and I, I think especially not so much you know the, the major Premier League teams but if you look at you know the likes of Brentford you know the money ball system they have of buying in younger players you know using stats to see right which players are best and who can we make a return on in the future I think they're going to be you know very heavily impacted by this um, if they're bringing in players from outside the UK and then there is also this other little, I, suppose, I, I, I say little, this other, you know, rule that's coming in called a GBE or governing body endorsement where players are going to have to rack up points based on, you know, what league are they playing in? What team are they coming from? How well have they done in their domestic competitions? How often have they played? All these factors are going to come in now to this GBE and we can cover that later if you want. But you're going to now have to prove to players or prove to, you know, the FA, you know, the, the governing bodies involved that, hey, this player is a really good guy. We're going to bring him in and he's going to be, you know, he's worth bringing into the Premier League. Um, you know, whereas in the old days of last summer, you could pick players and just say, yeah, and we want him. Come play for us. Uh, now, yes, there was work permit rules in terms of, you know, players from outside the EU. But suddenly, you know, there's a limit. There's a, a, a line in the sand of this is where your player must come up to. If he doesn't get here, then that's it. He's not coming in. Now, there is a little way around it with the... There is a, a panel here that if a player isn't quite up to the mark, but is two-thirds of the way there, then they can... There is a panel hearing where a club can go in, make their case and say, look, this kid, this player would have made it if, you know, he was playing in, a, in another league. His talent is clear to see, whatever. But these are just, you know, these are going to be trying times for clubs now who are looking to make signings. Um and it's going to be very interesting to see in January just how much of an effect this has. And it'll give clubs a trial run, I suppose, for buying in the summer where a lot of the clubs do their main business for the year. But we're in for a very interesting January. And I think something that uh, we're all going to have to get used to. But definitely something interesting to see. So all things considered, with Brexit and the COVID pandemic reducing revenue for clubs across the footballing world... We should perhaps brace for a slim down January transfer window. But could you tell us, Paul, the status of young Irish players who for decades have made the move to the UK in search of success? Will this continue to be a well-worn path well into 2021 and beyond? I think you have to say that we will see it because, you know, you look at, like I said, there's a lot of Irish, there's a lot of Irish players, young players who have gone over tried to make it in England and haven't been able to. But there's still players who go over and try. I mean, you look at Jason Knight at Derby County, um, man of the match in their game on, I think it was Wednesday night against Birmingham, you know, got a goal. You look at Shawnee McGuire at Preston, you know, went over from Cork City after a very, very promising time here in the League of Ireland. Um, within the first hour, he scored a goal, set up another. You know, it's it's very hard for young players not to look to England as kind of the first chance of, you know, making the step up from the League of Ireland. Um, 
I think as well, one of the things that, again, with this governing body endorsement, this GBE, one thing that could work in Irish players' favour is the fact that, for now at least, they're exempt from it. Um, in the, the guidance documents that the FA put out um, as to how this GBE works, because of the common travel area between the UK and Ireland, they are currently exempt. So, you know, if you have the chance of, say, signing someone like Sean Maguire, you know, in a January transfer window, who, you know, doesn't need to go through the paperwork of a GBE compared to, you know, this striker, say, from maybe the Norwegian League, who could be very similar, but you still have to go through all the paperwork you mightn't get him a full GBE straight away. So you have to go to this panel here and that could take a few days. And it's a lot more hassle. So I think if it, if the current, you know, rules stay as they are and that Irish players don't need a GBE, now FIFA will rule on this, I suppose, down the line. Um, then I sudden, I think actually you could see more Irish players going over at a younger age because, you know, it's less hassle. And look, maybe when you're talking about the bigger clubs, the likes of Liverpool, the likes of you know Man United, they're not going to worry about hassle. They will want the right player in. But if you're looking at championship clubs, you know, maybe your Burnleys or um, you know, West Broms who are in the Premier League now at the minute, you know, cheaper options, more than likely. Because again, a lot of Irish players will run down their contract here before they go over. Um, so, you know, cheaper options. And it, it's, I think this could be a very good chance for, for Irish players to, I suppose, get in at the under 18 level, kind of fill up more of the academies. Um, because look, the the academy structure in, in the Premier League is about to go over and go under a massive overhaul. Um, there is, you know, suddenly like Man United have announced that they're partnering with 50 local schools. They're looking to work with 20,000 children over the next three years, trying to, you know, I, the, the PR speak is that, you know, it's to encourage their love of the game and give them greater opportunities. In reality, it's a case of they're going into these 20,000 students trying to find 20 or 30 who could go on to become Premier League footballers in five or six years' time. Um, now, if you have, you know, Irish kids exempt from a governing body endorsement who, you know, could also be drawn into those academies, you know, you're getting Irish kids over there from a much younger age. I think the failure rate that we've seen with Irish players going to England could drop if again, they stay exempt from the GBE because they're getting into higher level academies at a younger age. And I just think it could be a very good way to, you know, get them developed to a higher standard at a younger age and ha less chance of them being, you know, dropped off when they get to, you know, 17, 18, just because the talent isn't there because no offence to any of the teams in the League of Ireland, but the ability of, say, a Cork City or Drogheda or Dundalk to develop a young player, 
versus the ability of, say, a Chelsea or, you know, a, a Liverpool to develop a player like that. There's a stark difference. And um, I think I think it could be good. I think it could be good for young Irish players looking to make a move to the Premier League in the next few years. Potential paradigm shift in the Irish footballer's development. But before I let you go, Paul, you mentioned GBEs there, the governing body endorsements. Can you tell us what they are exactly and how do the FA determine a player's status? So, yeah, the GBE is basically, uh, it's a governing body endorsement. It's a, basically, it's a, a letter from the FA to say, yes, this player is um, up to our standards. Now, the way that you prove that you're up to their standards is that you amass 15 points um over the last 12 months. Uh, so those 15 points are taken from different criteria. So the the first one, the main one that they look for is, right, how many international minutes does this player play and what quality team is it? So if you're playing for a top 50 ranked nation, uh, if you're playing three quarters of the game's congratulations, you're automatically in. And the further up the rankings you go, the less you have to play to get that automatic pass. So if you're playing for, you know, a top 10 side and you're only playing one every three games, you're still getting an automatic pass. Whereas if you're playing for, you know, a side that's ranked 46th, you have to play 75% of their games to get that automatic pass. Um, so it's it's a, a big difference. Uh, if once you're outside the top fifty, then you can't get an automatic pass. Um, the next one then is your domestic minutes. So if you're playing for a band one side or band one league, um, so you know if you're playing in the Bundesliga, Serie A, things like that, if you're playing ninety to a hundred percent of the minutes, um. Generally, you're talking, you know, goalkeepers when when you get up that end, um, you're getting 12 points. If you're playing then in a kind of band two league or band three, so something like um, the Eredivisie or, you know, the Russian Premier League, then you'll only get 10 or 8 points for playing 90 to 100% of the games. Um, and then you need to start looking at your international minutes or, you know, maybe where you finished in the league last season. Or if you're playing in a, a continental competition like Champions League, Europa League, Copa Libertadores, if you're playing in them, you know, again, how many minutes did you play in those competitions? Um, you know, how far did you progress in those competitions? They'll give you more points. Um, if you won... Serie A last season, they're six points. Um, if you, uh, you know, didn't win, but you finished in a place to qualify for the Champions League, that's five points. If you qualified for the Europa League, um, then that's three points. So things like that, you get points depending on where you finish. And again, um, if you're, uh, you know, in a lower down league, you get lesser points for it. So if you're, say, in the Russian Premier League and you qualify for Europa League, you only get one point. So it, it it's very good in that it's in black and white. Um, 
in terms of, you know, this is the standard because for a lot of South American players, um, before uh, January 1st, they would have had to go and get a work permit, you know, try and prove to the home office, hey, look, this player is really good and, and he's going to make a, a great impact in the Tottenham midfield and um, things like that. And it made it, I suppose, more troublesome to go and, you know, try and get these transfers done for South American players because it was a lot of hassle compared to finding a player of a similar quality who was already in Europe. Because once they were in Europe, once they had, say, a European passport or whatever, then under the the free movement in the EU, they could be they could move over to England. They wouldn't need a work permit. Um, now that the UK has left Europe, and obviously, obviously now that Brexit has fully happened, um, that's no longer the case. And I think we mentioned about. Irish players having a, a a benefit from you know not needing to get a GBE if it still stays that way. There is a benefit now for maybe South American players because, like the leagues in terms of you know Syria as a band one, uh, you know Russian Premier League is band three. There's the same kind of banding system for continental competitions. So if you're in you know, Copa Libertadores, that's a band one competition, same as the Champions League. Now, for a lot of South American sides, it's arguably easier to qualify for um, the Copa Libertadores than it is for, say, Manchester United, Chelsea to qualify for the Champions League. So it now makes the the qualifying and waiting easier for the South American sides to get those 15 points. I suppose if you look at um, someone like Moises Casado, who is kind of linked with United, and if he does get it, if he does move to United, there's a lot of chance that he'll be the first player ever to get this GBE. If you look at his, I suppose, domestic league performances, he's playing in the Ecuadorian Premier League, which is one of the weakest leagues in uh, going by this banding. It's in band six. So he'll have very few points from that. Um, but because he's playing, you know, over half of the minutes for his club in the Copa Libertadores, that gets him six points. Um, and the fact that his team got to the last 16 in the tournament last season gets him another seven points. So that's 13 points straight away. Um, the fact that he's playing for the Ecuadorian national team, you know, he's played in all their minutes in the last 12 months or all their games, sorry, in the last 12 months. So that gets him two points and there you go. He's got his GBE. Whereas if you're maybe someone from the Danish Superliga, then you get four points for playing, you know, all their minutes in the league. Um, if you won the title, you could have got six points. Um but, you know, then you're struggling to make up those other points. Um, you know, you're, you, you know, you could go and say maybe they'll be playing international level, but Danish Superliga, probably not the best league in the world to have players that are playing top 50 international level football. Um, 
So then this comes down to what is called an exceptions panel. And uh, the way this works is that if you get between 10 and 14 points, so you're, you're two thirds of the way to getting your GBE, once you get 10 points or more, you can go to this exceptions panel, which is made up of three independent listeners, and you have to prove your case. Now, things like, you know, the transfer fee that you're paying, the salary, that can come into account then um, when you're trying to make your case. You know, any player that's kind of aged between 18 and 21 that's going to this exceptions panel, they need to be shown that they have what's quoted as significant potential or sufficient quality to justify a GBE. Um, so it's going to make life very difficult for players who, you know, are outside this kind of top band of, you know, European football. You know, the further you go down the leagues, it's going to be very hard to get into, um, you know, this GBE band. So I think, you know, you could be about to see more South American players coming in. And not only that, you could be seeing a lot of Irish players getting into academies. And I think you could be seeing, you know, this English tax that that's quoted a lot about a lot of English players, Harry Maguire for 80 million. You know, how much w would he have been worth to, to Leicester if he was Spanish? You know, maybe 50 million. That English tax is about to go up even more because the, the, the talent pool that you can get at underage level is going to be very limited now. And for, yes, for the next two or three years, we said about, you know, uh, Chelsea and United bringing in 16, 17 year olds. That's fine for now and for next year. But once those 16 year olds now turn 17, 18, or sorry, turn 18, they're out of the system. And you need to be sure that you have English players, Scottish players, whatever, coming up the system behind them. And I think that's where the Irish players chance will come. Um, and I think it's going to be a very promising time for the next, you know, for the next generation of Irish footballers looking to make it in England because the help will be there at a much younger age to get them up to the quality needed. Excellent stuff, Paul Jordan, CRCFM Sports Show contributor. Thanks a million for that information on Brexit in football and have a fantastic weekend.